Welcome to the Candid Christian Podcast, a weekly conversation where we candidly explore the areas of life that Christians often shy away from. No topic is off limits because I believe that God has something to say about every area of our lives. All right, that's enough talking. I'm your host, Kamara Dorsey. Let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Candid Christian. Today, I'm extremely excited to welcome our special guest for the week. His name is Joel Gray. And I'm gonna just let you introduce yourself, man of God. You can you can let the people know what it is that you do for work and you know where you feel like the Lord has you at in this, in this hour. Mayor, thank you so much for having me. Uh, good to meet everybody, no matter if you're here in the city of Pittsburgh or in the nation or outside this nation, welcome to our, to this conversation. But um, I currently serve as network director at the Pittsburgh Kids Foundation. In a nutshell, um, in the States, we help support um, youth pastors throughout the area, uh, equip them well. Um, and then on top of that, we host Christian outreach camps for their students. Um, outside the nation, uh, we partner with um, a nonprofit called IDV down in Haiti uh, to do community development. Um, that's that spans from an orphanage to um, school to um, a hospital. So really blessed to have a chair where I can serve um, as a network director in that space. Okay, sound like you're doing some big things out here. And look, I'm going to leave his information in the description box below because if anybody is interested in getting connected with what he's doing and the work that he does with Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, I think that is a great resource. So yeah, that's just a shameless plug for them because those are my people. Um, (laughs) So uh, our topic that we're going to be addressing today is being the difference for the next generation and how we can do that in relationships, mentorship, the workforce, and ministry. And so I just feel like the very first question is, why why is it important for us to be the difference for the next generation because I know some people will be like you know you know you know the kids are the future and you know all that cliche stuff but I think the question that I kind of want to ask you um like from your from your viewpoint is why is this important for us to be the difference for the next generation being the difference is very important um because we can all sit here and complain about kids don't listen (laughs) social media got them off their rocker. Um, They don't have work ethic. Like the list can go on and on. We hear it all the time, but I'm a person that chooses to be an act, you know, be the act, um, do what I can in my capacity to influence them, you know, Um, rather that's taking them to go grab something to eat, um, knowing that they may not have a meal at home. Um, Rather that's finding some cool project that they're a part of, rather I want to agree with it or not, like music and really just give them a encouragement to say, hey man, I can I hear your song? Um, I want to share it with my network. Those moments alone just it allows you access to that kid. Um, and once you get access, then that's where trust comes in. That's where love comes in. Um, and that's where influence really happens. So if <laughs> the next generation is such a headache to us, well, let's go back and help them um, and really figure out why might they be seen as a headache. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like why I think this topic is very important um, across the board. Yeah. 
and kind of kind of like what you were saying along the lines of people saying like them young kids is a headache I even think about it in terms of like even the church and how like a lot of young people even younger millennials and then also like Gen Z people are like no nah, you know like that's 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 not for me um and so like a lot of people are leaving or they're kind of if they did grow up in the church, they're starting to question like, mm, does this really make sense? Or why does this really even matter? And so I just want to ask, it's like, what impact will it make, you know, on kind of um, the young people that decide to come to Christ or the young people that decide to stay in the body of Christ? Like what diff difference will it make that we kind of plant ourselves in their lives? Like how will it make a difference for like their faith? I think of it like Christ, um, he's patient. Yeah. I mean, if you think about love, right, the best example of love is God and Christ. Um, he's patient, kind, um, consistent, right? And so I think the church can just continue to be that. And yes, there is going to be moments where these kids leave and wrestle. But as Proverbs says in Proverbs 22, um, verse 6, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So our jobs is simply plant those seeds. And, and I think it's our job also to be praying over those seeds. Yeah. Don't, don't try to like bat them on the head. If they're stepping out of line, yes, that it, correction is needed sometimes, but do it in a loving way. And the biggest way that you can also do it is pray. Hey, there's this kid in my life. God, I know you cross paths with um, me and that kid. I see the way that they're going. Please show me how to love them and guide them back you know yeah. so i think just being consistent in that can be a huge help um because just my time with students they're not not listening right <laughs> like i feel like a lot of times people get on stages and when you're looking in the crowd a lot of the heads are looking at phones yeah. right so you think they're not paying attention but did you ever get off stage and ask that kid hey what did you learn from my talk yeah i've done it before and i was surprised by what i heard you know because they were tapped in it's just that they learn differently so it's really, um, in, unless you take that intentional time to really get to know this next generation, a lot of the stuff that we think of them is, it comes to be false. Um, what I found in my, in, in just my mentoring and in the way that I uh, uh, embrace the next generation. Yeah. And I think that's a really good like point to emphasize is like, don't be ignorant. <laughs> don't be ignorant about the next generation and simultaneously trying to like train them up. Right. Because it's like, how could you be ignorant about someone or something and then also still trying to play a part in its progress? So I think that's really important for anybody who's listening. Like if you do work with young people or you are like in a mentorship position is like, yeah, learn yourself on that person's culture or learn yourself on kind of what are the things that are trendy in their yeah. generation? Because it makes a difference when you, yeah, when you come up to the kid and you're like, oh yeah, a little Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Cause they're like, okay mr so-and-so's connecting or miss so-and-so's connecting now you're talking like, my language exactly now so it's mm -hmm. like i think that's really important emphasis to really remember is like you know make sure you're not ignorant about the group of people that you're wanting to assist and wanting to help um so just moving along i would say what does being the difference for the next generation what does it look like for you? Like, what are some, cause you know, I love for people to bring their like personal experience into it. So it's like, what are some things that you've done personally, I guess, you know, throughout your life where it's just like, this is how I've, you know, put myself out there and was able to be the next generation. 
uh, be the difference for the next generation? Because I know you do a little something in, in the continent of Africa, but you know, I ain't going to put it out there. I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you, you know, spin it how you will. Yeah, I'm, Lord, show me which ones to select. Uh, I, I really just thank <laughs> God. I think that this heart came from me being the, the baby of my family. Um, I was observant and uh, I kind of just followed the path or didn't follow the path that my brother and sister took based off of like their outcomes. That sounds bad, <laughs> but that's kind of like how I did it. But um, so just, just, just things that I just learned is like, if I'm ever in this position, I want to make sure I do this. So I made sure that I, I did that, you know? So um, it, what you were referring to is, you know, for some time um, I've been helping lead a nonprofit called Africa Book Bags um long story short we work to empower kids to be leaders in their space through the love of christ um and so uh we were doing work in, in kenya and um outside of the country as you can imagine a lot of the educational systems are just really challenging so um yeah backpack book bag drives something as simple as that um you can buy a backpack here for under five dollars pack it with stuff um, and we just have a great network that can get it over to them or sending them money to buy there in Kenya, just so they can just have the essential backpack, papers, pencils to get through school. That helps so much uh, in their area. And you never know what you come out with, right? Uh, when I was over there, there was this kid that he showed me a NACM that had a beautiful portrait on it. And in my head, I'm like, man, if you only had a notebook, <laughs> how much greater of an artist could you be so that's one example yeah um, I used to work in sports uh, and I was really blessed to have a long career in sports professional sports and um, for our baseball team here at the Pirates I was looking to hire my first candidate right so people took a risk on me um, <laughs> to get into the industry being a black male in that industry young um, but I know it was God's favor that got me in there and so when I went to look at like candidates you you might know this but like you get a whole bunch of resumes you you can look at their gpa you can look at their job work experience but that's not how i'm wired right none yeah. of that really means anything it's all about connection and i met this um young lady from at the time she was going to school in arizona and something i just couldn't shake about her you know um i just really felt like she was just a ball on fire long story short she's a believer i love the way that she brings god into her work and then you know, she had a little bit of experience in the field, but she was looking for the opportunity. And I just felt it in my gut, like, I got to hire this person. You know, I didn't care about her references. I didn't care about none of that. I just really felt like I had to hire her. So I did. And I'm blessed to say, like, she's really prospering in the baseball ops um, department of the Pirates. Um, Zoe Lamb, if y'all want to look her up, great <laughs> dynamic um, young lady. But that's what I mean. It's just like, I feel like in each one of our spheres of influence is what I'll call it spheres of influence you know there's something that you can do to make a difference in the next generation you know um, my one boss used to always say when he goes to the vending machine he will leave an extra dollar in there for next person you know something as small as that you can just make a difference and so I would just really challenge you think about whatever sphere of influence you have and, and bring somebody younger in that space with you mm. or do something different for that uh, young kid, take them out to lunch just to encourage them. Um, send them a make it make it a calendar thing on their birthday to send them something. So, just I think it's just 
it means more when it comes personally from your journey. Mm, um, yeah. And so that's why you got to really take time to really think about what makes you you, what would you want your younger you to have or benefit from, and then do that for somebody. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm, that is good. So I'm, I'm a practical person. I'm very, you know, logistical. And I know that there are other people who are listening to this word are just like, okay, like, you know, I have this thing that I'm, you know, I have this vision in my mind, but I'm really having trouble making it practical. Um, and so I want to know kind of like in these different areas that we're going to like um, touch on today is like, how can we make it practical? So I guess like the very first one is like, what is it, what does it look like to be the difference for the next generation in the way of like relationships? Like what, what is practical and how does that look practically? Yep. Um, so wherever you're at in your life, um, this goes for age too, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people say I'll get back once I reach this level. <laughs> but say if you're in high school, there's a middle schooler that would benefit from your story. Um, yeah. Say if you're in college, there's a high school and then all the other grades under that can benefit from your score. If you're an intern, there's somebody in college that you can relate to. So um, for me, kind of make way for just that next person under you, you know, find a person to just, you, I know you know somebody that's younger than you. So just find a person to just ask them about themselves. I think that's the best way you can build relationship is when you get with that, that young person, ask them questions about themselves. And once they unpack themselves, give them an opportunity to ask questions about you. Yeah. That simple. And I think you'll see so much connectivity. You can be inspired. Um, you can find ways to help them out by just doing simply that. Yeah. And I think it's really good kind of going back to what you said before of like, I just feel like people need to understand that there's room for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people have like a scarcity mindset. Like if I help this person, you know, move up, or if I bring, you know, so-and-so alongside with me, there's not going to be space for me. And I think that is a really bad mindset. And I think it's a mindset that's not a godly mindset because the God, our God is a God of more than enough. Like he has enough for everyone. And so I think that's just really important. Even while you're saying that I'm thinking of this in my mind of like, y'all who, you know, whatever sphere of influence you're in, there's more than enough room for everybody. Like our God is a God of abundance and he's not going to allow you to have somebody else, you know, move up and then there's nothing for you. That just doesn't make sense. And especially if he's trusting you with one of his children, I don't think that he would also I don't think he would leave you in the, mm -hmm. in the dust and be like, all right, you know, you helped them move up now you ain't got nothing. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think that's the way that the Lord works. And so I think it's also important to remember that. Yeah. When you are mentoring someone and when you are helping kind of train someone up, it's, it's good to remember that there's enough for you and there's enough for them. And then there's enough for the people that they will also train up because of your influence in their life. So I think that's really, really like, that's really, really great to just think about and remember. Um, so the next one mentorship and also can we just even just what is mentorship because everybody well what is mentorship to you because some people think of mentorship in one way you know everybody thinks differently so I guess I just want to first ask you what is mentorship to you well um if I had to like bucket it I think it's like these would be some things I'll have in that bucket I think one it's availability Mm. Um, you have to be available and, you know, that looks different from everybody. Maybe you commit to once a month, maybe you commit to an hour a day, 
who knows right so you got to figure that out but you got to be consistent in it that's another mm-hmm. one so availability mm-hmm. consistency um because if y'all are building a relationship somebody's one of the two parties are going to like be you know looking forward to that so yeah. if that consistency breaks then that's like a letdown right um and i also think that you have to be intentional um in that space um but I think overall, it's beneficial for both parties because you're letting your guard down, you're letting somebody into your super inner circle, and they can just be so beautiful, right? I think that the the most beautiful mentor-mentee relationships I've seen is like, you guys kind of see each other eye to eye. Instead mm-hmm. of like hierarchy, you kind of see each other eye to eye, and the mentor is like, hey, I really want to learn about you, mentee. And the mentee is like, I really want to learn about you, mentor. But then the mentor really drives home, like, no, I'm really trying to, like, learn from you. And, you know, so I I just really feel like that's very important when it comes to mentoring. So practically, what does that look like? Um, Yeah, find somebody, pray about it. Pray pray that God aligns somebody that you see a piece of you in. And I think that's how I kind of gear that when I go to my mentees. And then, like, when I go to my mentors, I just see something that a common denominator um, that I can't shake. And so I'm a, I'm a diver. So if I find a common denominator with somebody, I'm gonna be like, Hey, you mentioned this. Uh, I think this same way about it. Like, what else can I know about you? You know? Um, so I think that's very important, but I think it's also important because, um, our households are so broken nowadays. Um, your mom and dad should be your best mentors, (laughs) but not everybody has a great relationship with their mom and dad. Right which provides an opportunity for mentorship to really be powerful in helping this next generation. Because you have these kids out here, if they don't have a mentor mentee at home, they're finding it in the wrong places. That includes social media. That includes just the culture in general. uh, That includes probably bad influences. Um, So to have Christ-centered mentors uh, can definitely make a difference in these young kids' lives. Um, Not only uh relationally professionally spiritually like it's a good way to really pour into this next generation yeah and I guess going along with the mentorship piece because I know there are a lot of people who don't they don't understand the dynamic of like what does it look like to have a healthy mentorship so if you kind of even want to dig into that is like what what is like especially somebody who maybe has someone asking them to like mentor them like kind of what are some key things for like a mentorship where it's like it keeps it healthy mm-hmm. it keeps it you know where it needs to be oh you're asking the tough guy because <laughs> I'm the one that just throws all those guidelines away and just goes very um intentionally like who's in front of me right but I've I've seen it done so many different ways um but I think a good structure is at least commit to like once a month maybe right um, and that once a month, you might meet for an hour. So if you set those parameters, anything that happens outside of that is just, it's a bonus. It's a blessing, yeah. right? So, um, but it's its just a good technique for you to be able to prep for that hour session. Um, to be able to come, like I would tell a mentee, come to that session with questions. Yep. I would tell that mentor, come with an open mind, but also have questions. But more so, I think in that role, I think a mentor's job is to listen, 
um, to learn and to share. I think a mentee's job is to definitely ask, share about their lives. Um, yeah, and just be open to whatever is about to happen. Um, but then out of that, I just think, depending on how that first session goes, in that first session, towards the end of it, you should say, all right, how do you want to move forward? Do you want to continue to meet once a month? Do you want to meet like further out? Or do you want to meet more consistently? Um, so I, I think that's key. Um, if If you're just meeting this person randomly, it would be smart or wise to do it in pairs. Uh, just to protect yourself, I'll just put that out there. But if you're getting it through like a vetted system, I trust that system. I mean, they yeah. put in hours to do background checks. They do hours to select these kids. So just trust that system, but utilize that to your advantage. Um, so, yeah, I hope that kind of covers a broad range. Um, but the way I always mentored is like, for me, if I see a young kid that I just really want to believe in and I feel God's leading me to pour in, I kind of make myself available to that kid. Yeah. And I think it's really good that you said for the mentees, if you, if you're a mentee or you're looking for a mentor, come with questions. So many people, you know, get into mentorships and they're like, well, I'm just expecting this person just to lead me like it. I'm like, they're not, this is not school. They're not like your school teacher, like leading you through lessons. Like you see something in them that you want to, you know, you want to pull on them in that area. And so it's like, yeah, come with questions. You know, if there's something that you saw in the news and, you know, whatever it is. So I think that's really important. And I'm glad that you mentioned that is like, don't come to the meeting empty handed. Don't come to the meeting thinking that it's like thinking that they're just going to lead you like it's like a lesson plan. It's like they have something that you want to get a hold of. And it's not like saying that you're a leech or anything, but you have to have the right questions and you have to kind of have the right mindset in order to be able to pull that information out of that person. So I think that is really important. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, And so the workforce. I, you know, I ain't got much to say on this because I'm crazy. I be working all kinds. I be working, you know, I work one job for a couple years and I'm like, ah, that was fun. I'll quit. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna come to you because you seemed like real solid. You said you were in sports, professional sports for a very long time. So let the people hear from you and not from me. What does it look like to be the difference in the workforce for the next generation? Yeah be gracious mm-hmm. um i think this generation doesn't understand the same work ethic or techniques as the generation before right like you meet a lot of older folks that say i've held this job for 30 years you're not finding that right now in the <laughs> next generation you're probably finding a year so um i just think the workforce again it's that intentionality um I think where I was going with this though, was like, don't get lazy in your recruiting process. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that when I was in the industry and even now, like we always want to hear the word diversify your workforce. Well, are you going to these communities you're trying to recruit? Hmm. You know, are you spending time with some leaders from those communities to say, Hey, like what is, what's attracting your kids to work or what type of work does your kids like? Um, and that's what I and that's where I really feel like for the next generation, when I'm talking to the workforce, you got to understand these. We don't learn the same anymore. Even the way you get paid is not the same anymore. So you really have to get creative to really cater to this this next generation. Um, now, again, I'm not telling you wipe everything out, all your yeah. foundation, 
but really just take some time to learn about them. And I believe God will give you wisdom on how to recruit this next generation. Um, and then say, once you have a, a kid uh, or, or somebody younger than you really thriving, give them an opportunity, please. Um, I, I think that's the biggest letdown is when those folks don't feel empowered to, to keep succeeding or doing their job. Um, there's too many options for them. They don't have to stay at your company or in your ministry or whatever you want to call it. There's so many options out there. So if you really see a young kid thriving, please invest in them. Invest in that kid. Give them opportunity to shine. Don't feel like your job is going to be in jeopardy. Shoot, your goal should be they take your role, you know? <laughs> um, so um, that that's kind of like where I was at with the next generation it comes to to the workforce uh because i mean you're seeing it there's a lot of open jobs mm -hmm. um yep. and i think those jobs are still open because when a when a kid reads the job description they're like i don't want to do that you know so are you really taking time to explain the job to them are you really taking time to figure out what type of pay uh structure they need yeah you might hear some raw requests but at least you can <laughs> explain to them you can't take off a month every year because that's not normal, <laughs> you know, but if that's what they think, then, you know, nobody's winning. So I think just really be gracious in that pursuit after a young talent. Yeah. And I think even like, I like how you said in the very beginning, you said there was a young lady that you recruited and, you know, you just really felt like I got to choose her. And I think even what you said in that instance of like, you know, you were willing to be able to train her. You were willing to be able to like pour into her potential, even though she may not have had the qualifications that were like necessary. Mm -hmm. And so I think even that is also a great thing to pull from what you said earlier. It's just like, be willing to train the person. Like, if you see that they have the potential, if you see that the work ethic is there, like be willing to pour into them and be willing to say, okay, you know, they a little bit, you know, they have their expectations a little bit crazy, you know, like I have to teach them, but mm -hmm. like be willing to teach. And I think it really goes back to what you said about the scripture of like training people. And I think sometimes people forget the fact that you do have to train someone. Train. If, some, if someone doesn't have the knowledge or the information, you have to be willing to train them. And if you're not willing to train them, find someone who you trust that will be willing to do that because that work is important. And it's like, we can't train up the next generation if we're not willing to do the work. Well, I don't think yeah. people realize the perfect example of this was Christ. Yeah. Um, I'm not a theologian. So you theologian <laughs> out there, y'all can holler at me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I know enough <laughs> that if you look at his disciples, a lot of them were young. Mm -hmm. Like when I say young, like 14, 12, those are young kids Yeah, that changed the world, that started the church. So if Jesus, our King of King, Lord of Lords, who's ruler of all, got to be able to see a young kid at their lowest potential, you, you know, you hear the term green, oh, he or she's too green. Them kids is beyond green. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? They have even hit puberty and Jesus still saw them yeah. and said, look, this is your calling in life, right? Why can't we do the same? Why can't we mm -hmm. humble ourselves the same and say that to our next generation? Um, and, and, and that's just, that's the last thing I'll really say is like, if y'all need an example or, or, or more, go through the Bible. Like it's a great historical book of Jesus selecting <laughs> a, a handful of youth um, to just 
do such powerful things. Yes, they struggle with it. They question him. Um, they didn't believe him. Like, but they wrestled with Jesus, but Jesus still loved them all the way through. Yeah. But once they actually saw all that come to pass, they became the mightiest disciples. I mean, that's why we know all their names, right? That's why the Bible has names after them. Um, if that's too religious for you, let's look at the civil rights movement. Yeah. Um, uh, James Lawson, if you guys do any research on James Lawson, this gentleman is the one that led the Nashville sit-ins. Mm. The Nashville sit-ins were a pivotal pivotal beyond pivotal turn in civil rights right james lawson he studied under gandhi but he was a um i want to say he was a presbyterian presbyterian but anyways after he studied under gandhi he really enjoyed the non-violence piece of gandhi and he brought that back into his, his work and so he was meeting at the basement of a church with college students and said hey we're gonna go non-violently protest at these different restaurants about these, you know, black only sections. And that movement alone, you know, influenced Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, it influenced uh, the labor strikes. A few years later, he led that. Again, these were all youth yeah. that, that was trained up by a, a sound leader who just saw their great potential, right? And that's all I'm talking about. When I say be the difference, like, come on, give these kids a chance. They're going to fail. You failed. <laughs> you failed. You didn't do everything perfect. You're still failing. So why can't you give that power to yeah. uh, the next generation? Yeah. And I feel like even as you were talking, I like heard in my mind, it's like, be willing to pour, right? Mm. Like, don't store it all up for yourself. Like, oh, I'm just going to keep this all for myself. Like, no, be willing to pour because mm. the more you pour and you just ask the Lord, like, Lord, okay, fill me up again. And so I just think that is just, I think that's really beautiful of like what you're saying. It's like, yeah, be willing to train, be willing to pour because it's important. And it literally changed our nation. People who were willing to train and to pour into the youth changed the face of the United States and other countries. Yeah, it, and let me just talk to my brothers and sisters real quick. And when I say that my believing brother and sisters in Christ Jesus, yeah, your church is going to pass away. Uh, <laughs> and the only way the only way it can continue to keep going is if you empower this next generation, if you build up your youth ministry, if you, if you really disciple these young kids, I know some of you are looking at your budgets and saying, I don't got that. Some of y'all are looking at who's going to lead that somebody's got to and yep. i'm pretty sure you can find budget in there stop buying so much coffee on sundays and pay pay some youth pastor you know like you can ask god to show you how to make space and room to do a full you know the elderly all the way to the middle age folks to the youth um i think it will just really bless your church on so many ways i can't even explain nor i don't have to explain just try it and see and then you come back and tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that's good that you even kind of just went right into that because the next, like our, our last, you know, sphere of influence is ministry. And it's just like, you know, this should be self-explanatory, you know, <laughs> quote unquote, self-explanatory. But there are just some people who don't necessarily make space for the youth in, you know, the local, you know, congregation, their local congregation. So I think this is actually a great way to kind of like, you know, close up our conversation It's talking about like, yeah, how can we be the difference for the next generation in our ministry? Because it may seem like, oh yeah, like we already know what to do. We have a youth pastor and he's on it, but it's just like, how can the entire structure of your local body be the difference for the next generation? And it's not just 
the youth pastor or it's not just the youth workers that you have volunteering or that you're paying? Yeah, I want to go to the Bible here. Um, Lord, please uh, help me. It's in Matthew 18. Let me get there. I hope y'all don't mind this. And open you your Bible, saints. Open up your Bibles. Matthew 18, <laughs> 3. Um, and this scripture always caught my attention. Um, and, it's, and it talks about uh, basically what was happening is they were meeting and they were trying to tell the kids stay away. Mm. And then Jesus was like, Jesus called the little children to him and set them in the midst of this fellowship, right? And he says, surely I say to you, unless you convert and become as a, as a little children, um, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. So mm -hmm. I read that as, unless we have this posture of a child, we will never be able to understand God. Mm -hmm. So from a spiritual standpoint, God's calling you to always keep that youthful curiosity, right? From a, um, a natural, like physical piece that's why youth ministry is so important because they're in a pivotal part in their spirit where they're getting molded and you need to mold these kids into believers teach them yeah. well or else somebody aka the world is going to mold them into these things that y'all complain about right so that that's it it's as simple as that's what god calls us to do no matter if you're 80 or if you're eight you know, he wants you to keep that childlike posture when it comes to him. Um, that way you can always learn more. That way you can be obedient. Because think about things like you're a child, you're joyful. Yeah. You're okay to fail, right? Um, you cry. How many adults cry nowadays, right? <laughs> but as a child, you're so tenderhearted and you're so um, innocent. So I think God was very purposeful. When his believers or when his followers are saying, get these children out of here, he said, no, come here. because They don't understand. I need y'all to be like this. This is the best way. Excuse me. This posture right here is the best way for you to get to the kingdom. So hopefully that makes sense. So if y'all are wrestling with why youth ministry, well, because if y'all ain't going to mold them, somebody will. Mm, yeah. And by, by you molding them, you're going to learn a posture that God wants you to carry forever. That curiosity, that, that love, that joy, that innovation <laughs> kids are so innovative it's, it's it's insane so uh just be encouraged with that i think as we at Pittsburgh kids foundation work with youth pastors um it's never been more important in our time than right now um and i just i carry that burden with them um but it's a great burden to carry because if we can change this next generation man you know god will see that church that he's he's waiting for yeah so all of this is very, you know, it can seem very lofty, right? So it's a big task to handle. So I, you know, I want you to encourage the people who are listening. And so how would you encourage someone who wants to impact the next generation, but they feel like, you know what, Joel, I don't know where to start. Great. Um, I think that's an okay um, spot to be at, but don't stay there. Mm. Um, if you're stuck there, please pray God gives you courage. Like if you got fast and you got pray, really seek God out for encouragement. You probably have a neighbor that's young. Um, you have a little cousin, you have a little brother or sister, 
Like these are ways that you can exercise those muscles to take you to the next step of finding either your church or a nonprofit um, where you can volunteer. Like there's ample opportunity for you to volunteer and help out the next generation. Try it out for some time. And in those experiences, I'm, I'm pretty confident God will give you some instruction of what is your actual call there, right? Yeah. Um, you might make a scholarship fund if you have a lot of means that will ultimately bless kids to keep going in education. Um, you might be able to set up a whole internship program at your company um, that is very intentional of developing kids. Uh, so again, uh, just encouragement-wise, pray for that pray for that courage to find a young kids to pour into and honestly it might be your son and daughter yeah you know <laughs> and uh then it'll be your son and daughter's friends and then now you got a little following and then you know <laughs> it, it just branches out so I, I just think that there's ample opportunities but definitely start praying on that pray for that courage and um you know baby steps yeah. But it's it's like exercise, it's like anything. After you do it for a little bit, it becomes normal and then you become flowing in it. All right, that's good. Y'all need to start exercising physically and spiritually. That's what he said. I, no, that's what I'm saying that he said. Yeah, I'm struggling with that too, y'all. So don't worry, we <laughs> in it together. The marathon continues. <laughs> oh well, our conversation has been great. I know that people are going to glean something really great from this. So I just thank you for coming on, coming to the podcast and just sharing your heart for the next generation and just, you know, encouraging the people that we need Gen Z. We need them. You know, they crazy, but you know, God, God uses crazy. So he ain't scared of it. So we need them and we're going to continue to pour into them. So before we go, is there any, any last things that you want to share with the people? Yeah, if you guys want to get connected to our work at Pittsburgh Kids Foundation, definitely visit our website, PittsburghKidsFoundation.org. Scroll all the way to the bottom. You can sign up for our mailing list. Um, and, you know, that gets you connected to what we do there. Um, yeah, and uh, if you want to follow me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Joel Gray. Um, just type in my name, you'll find me. I'll be great to connect with you there. But just be encouraged. Uh I, I get really inspired by the time I spent with the youth. Uh, if you're a little discouraged about the youth, go spend time with them mm. and spend intentional time with them. Learn their stories, listen to them, you know, um, and, and just watch how, you know, God stirs something up in your heart. Alrighty. I ain't got nothing else to say. That's that on that. And we will be, I'll be back next week with another special guest that I'm not sharing because I never share it with y'all because I don't need to. But other than that, I'm out. Like, subscribe, share. <laughs> Here at the Candid Christian Podcast, we're more than friends. We're a family. So we want to hear from you. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer or a situation that you'd like me to talk about on an episode, feel free to email me anytime at kamarashania at gmail.com. That's Kamara, K-A-M-E-R-A, Shania, S-H-A-N-I-A, at gmail.com.